Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. All right, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is good to see all of you here. And uh, we will be in Romans chapter 8 this morning. <clears throat> you find your way there. Very interesting to me that um, God is a sovereign God. Amen. And we're studying through this book of Romans, and we're going verse by verse, and we're just picking up where we left off last time. But the verses that we come to this morning, uh, this week we celebrated Veterans Day, uh, those who have sacrificed the, their lives for our freedom. And today we are, we are uh, focusing on the persecuted church and how amazing it is that right where we start, and I didn't figure this out, I didn't do it on purpose, but uh, right where we stopped last time and pick up today is exactly um, where we need to be with, with the two things we're focusing on, um, with the persecuted church and Veterans Day. So, so let's pay close attention to what the Word of God says. If you're able, I ask you to stand. Uh, verse number 18 is where we will start, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18. <clears throat> if you're able to stand. For I reckon... That the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. <clears throat> Let us pray. Lord, how I thank you that we are in your house this morning with our brothers and sisters. What a blessing, what a privilege to be together, to study your word. Uh, Father, I need your help right now. I am not adequate to preach. I am not adequate to deliver this message. Uh, but Lord, believing that we all need to hear this, I pray that you would remove me out of the way. Allow your Holy Spirit to speak to the hearts of all that are here. Lord, if there be any that don't know you, would you help them, Lord, today to find you as their Savior? And Lord, those of us who are Christians, may we understand, Lord, what your word says. I pray in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so, 
as we look at this text, it's, it's worded just a little bit not the way we would say it. Is that fair? It's maybe not exactly the way we would say uh, this text. But what is, what is Paul trying to convey to us? What is the big picture? What's, what's he trying to get across uh, from the, the scripture that he's written? And may I offer to you, if we just boil all of this down and try to get what Paul is saying, Paul is making a comparison between everything in this life and everything God has to offer. Right? And, and he says, you know, if you were to suffer here for years and years, you know, you were persecuted, you were put in prison, you were beaten, you were, you were whipped, uh, you had to deal with sickness, you, you gave up your life to help other people, whatever you went through, the moment that you come to eternity, you're going to say, that was nothing. That, that was nothing uh, that I went through. And, and so that is the point that Paul is making, comparing what is in this life to what is in the life to come or to what is in the Lord. There's no comparison. Amen. We all agree that there's no comparison. Uh, but I want to argue this morning, and, and we've made this point in the past, but I want to argue this morning that the Christian life, it, listen, I do not believe we get saved and then we just suffer through this life until we get to heaven. I don't believe that. I don't believe that's Christianity. In other words, uh, we, we can say, well, I'm saved. This life is miserable, but, but glory to God, I get to go to heaven someday. No, I got saved. I have abundant life, and life is good now. I started eternal life when I got saved, amen? So, so we want to argue that point this morning. And so <clears throat> whether good or whether bad, life doesn't compare Life down here doesn't compare to eternal life. See, Paul is arguing here that bad things don't compare to what awaits us. Don't compare to what the Lord has for us. But I want to, I think it's a very, it's a very obvious comparison, but I want to say good things don't compare to what God has for us. All of the good things in life, they don't compare. In other words, we can say, well, I suffered all these years, but that doesn't compare to what God has. But can I also say you can have the best life here on earth as is possible. It does not compare to what God has for you. And that's what we want to understand this morning. We want to get that, that, that understanding, that thought across uh, this morning. So, so this text, let's boil it all down. It, it talks about the creature and the, the whole of creation and, and those of us that are, that are actually saved and have the first fruits of the Spirit and, and waiting on that redemption. But it talks about all these things. Again, probably not exactly the way we would say it. So let's just see if we can get a handle on what this is actually saying. Is it not a fair statement to say this? Everyone realizes something's wrong. Everyone realizes something's wrong. Listen, if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican, you realize something's wrong. If you're a Christian or you're a sinner, you realize something's wrong. If you are rich or if you are poor, you realize something. If you're an American or you're a Chinese, you realize something is wrong. And what is the point? There's, everybody realizes something's wrong here. And here's what I would argue. I don't know that you could find anyone who is in a sane mind that you could find that they would say, you know what, I've looked around at my neighborhood. I've looked around at the country. Everything looks good to me. <laughs> I don't see any problems. Everything's good, right? Life is good. Family's good. Culture's good. The country's good. The world is good. I, I just can't find any fault. Is there one person on the planet in a right mind that would say that? 
There's no one would say that, right? No. So all of creation gets that there's something wrong. We all understand that. Now, though we all would agree that we're all there's something wrong. Everybody agrees that. Listen, you don't have to read your Bible to realize there's something wrong. Amen? You don't have to read your Bible to realize something wrong. But everybody would agree there is something wrong. Uh, something is, is not right. But we would disagree on why that is. See, everybody on the planet would agree something's wrong, but everybody on the planet wouldn't agree with what's wrong. Some would say it's the government. The government's the whole problem. Life would be good if we just fixed the government. Right? And... You know, if it wasn't for those people in Washington, life would just be good. Is that really true? <laughs> That's not true, right? I, some would say, you know, the economy. If I just had a better job, made more money, uh, life would be good. Is that true? That's not true. Some would say, it's my health. If, if my health was just restored and I was healthy, life would be good. Is that true? No. See, we all have something to blame it on. We all have a solution. We could go on and on and on. Uh, you know, my, the problem is my family, my marriage, my kids, my, you know, my situation. That's the problem. If my, my family would get fixed, I would have a good life. You know, that's not true. Because there are people with good health and good jobs and good families who do not have a good life. Because here's the thing, people. Here's what we got to get. <clears throat> None of those things will fix this life. If you're familiar with your Bibles, there is a book called Ecclesiastes. Let me, let me clue you in on the book of Ecclesiastes. The richest man to ever live. Now, smarter people than I have said that if, if Solomon were alive today, he could, he could uh, uh, um, buy Bill Gates back and forth. He, he has more money than anyone's ever imagined. He had, he had women beyond imagination. He had uh, partying and drinking. He had uh, fame and popularity. He had everything that you can imagine that you think this world brings. You know what he come down to? It's all vanity. It's all vanity. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. It does not make you happy. Solomon literally came to that conclusion. At the end, he said, this, none of this stuff will make you happy. Why are we chasing what won't make us happy? Why are we after the thing that will never satisfy anybody? You know, I've, <clears throat> I've got to be uh, in, in this church, in, in, in my job. I've got to... Uh, be with a, and I, and I say this very respectfully, but I've got to be by a lot of old people. Become very close to a lot of old people. I've got to be by the by the bedside of many as they've passed on. But you'll you know you'll never find someone who has lived many many years here in this life. You'll never find them saying as they're dying, brother Charles, and they say, "Man, I wish I'd have went to some more ball games. Life would just been so much worth it if I went to more ball games." You never hear someone say. On their deathbed, as they're leaving his life, if I could have just made more money, it all been worth it. No one ever says that. No one, all of the things we think are so important, no one ever says those things. Because this life is really not that important. Do you guys get that? This life is not that important. But the life in Jesus Christ is everything. So there's not happiness to be obtained in this life. The book of Ecclesiastes titles it this way. It says life under the sun. You know what that means? This world. You can't find happiness here. You can't find what we're looking for here. 
But, but can we as Christians find life now? And that's what we want to talk about. Because all the things we think are going to make us happy are not going to make us happy. But the Bible has a solution uh, uh, for, for, for all of these things. So <clears throat> the church today, and I'm not just only referring to Sand Hill, but the church today, the, the church should have the truth. The world does not know the truth. They think money or, or, or prestige or women or drinking or all these things, they think that will make them happy. But the church should have the truth. Amen? Should we not live in a place where people could come into the church expecting to hear the truth? Now, unfortunately, that's not always the case. But can I say here at Sand Hill, we better have the truth. We better have the truth. And we need to make it plain, like I said last week, may write it down big, plain, and straight. We better have the truth. It's not up for debate. So here's the truth. Here's what the Bible says. Here is the plain teaching of the Word of God. It's not really up for debate, really not up for discussion. This is what the Bible says. Clearly, clearly, we live in a sin-cursed world. There are a lot of really smart people who don't know that. There are a lot of people trying to fix this world. But you know what? A long time ago, God made a perfect world. He put two perfect people in it. And they sinned against God. And this is what happened. I, I, you know, maybe I'm just way too simplistic, but people like to say things like, uh, why do little children starve to death? Why do little kids get cancer? Why is there child abuse? Why do people get raped? Why, why do all these things happen? And then they want to say a really twisted and really, really stupid thing. They want to say, well, if God is God, why does he allow these things to happen? He didn't. We did. Right? He made a perfect world where no one would ever be hurt and no one would ever be sick and nothing would ever happen. And we said, God, no, thank you. We don't want that world. We want to do it on our own. And we sinned against God. And he said, okay, have it your way. Have disease, have death, have corruption, have a, a sinful heart that will destroy you. Have what you want. So we are now living in a sin-cursed world. And as I've already said, everybody knows it. They don't know why. Everybody knows something's wrong. It's just, this world is, is messed up. Not only do we live in a sin-cursed world, very literally, that is not an expression, that is not a figure of speech, very literally, the God of heaven said to this earth, be cursed. Did he not? Is that what said? Be cursed. This world is cursed. Listen, this is not some witchcraft, hocus-pocus. This is the God of the universe saying, this place right here, it's cursed. So we're living in a cursed world. Not only are we living in a cursed world, but man is, and I say that generically, man and woman, is broken because of sin. I've preached it many, many times, but all of you good people that are here who love Jesus, you guys are all broken. We don't have any perfect people here. <laughs> we don't have any perfect people here because we're all broken. We were born into sin, and we are broken because of sin. And my father, my father Adam uh, caused me to be broken, and I have all kinds of uh, false failures and sins that are still in my body that I have to battle with. So we live in a cursed world in a broken body because of sin. So here's a real 
logical thing. If this earth is cursed and everybody on it is broken, would you expect to look around and find a perfect place? <laughs> I mean, if you look around, would you expect everything would just be good? We wonder why is there corruption? Why is there sin? Why is there all the bad things happening? Because the Bible says we're broken. We are broken because we are descendants of Adam. And everyone who's ever been born, except for Jesus Christ, was born a sinner. And we are sinful. And, and we, can't, we can't fix that by having a better government or having better health or having more money or, or, or any of those things. They will not fix this problem. <clears throat> so the church uh, should be able to point clearly to the problem, but should we not also as a church not only be able to say, this is why things aren't good, but should we not also as church, there are people who say, there's one preacher that I listen to, he always says, don't bring me a problem without bringing me a solution. If we say the problem is sin, shouldn't we have the answer? And the answer is Jesus. It's the only answer there is. And the church shouldn't be ashamed today or backwards or embarrassed to say every one of the problems there is, Jesus is the answer. You know, we try to figure out how to fix, uh, at least some people try to figure out how to fix all of the poor that's in the world, all the poor that's in this country. We try to figure out how to fix the economy, try to figure out how to fix all these different problems. But you know what would fix all those problems? Jesus. You know, there's nothing else that will. Just think about this. Let's just stop right here in a minute just a second. Just think about this. Everybody on the planet, the super smart people, the people running the world, all of them, everyone's looking for the solution. We have it. We have the solution. We have the answer. They're looking for it. We have it. They have PhDs. They have degrees. They have everything else. But we have the answer, and the answer is Jesus. It will fix this world. It will fix your life, and nothing else will. It is Jesus. And nothing else will work. So the, the, the problem with this world is sin, and the remedy for sin is Jesus Christ. Now Jesus said uh, that if we would give our lives to him, if we would live for Jesus, he would give us abundant life. I've been saying this for a long time. I hope you guys are on board with me. I don't know if you're on board with me or not, but I believe with all of my heart. Jesus said that you know, if we would be born again, he would give us eternal life. I don't believe he was saying, Gary, if you'll come and commit your life to me, that one day when you die, you can go to heaven. I don't believe that's what he was saying. I believe he was saying, Gary, if you give your life to me right that day, you can start having eternal life. Because I'm having eternal life right now. I still got to carry around this guy, and this guy here is still sinful, and this guy here still has problems. But hey, my spirit, my spirit is free it's already, it's already uh, as much as been glorified in the past tense. I've already been glorified. I'm already uh, sitting in the right hand of the Father with Jesus. So, so I'm already living eternal life. And now let me ask this question, guys. We've been talking a lot about, I'm not going to re-preach it, but there's a body which is the physical flesh. You see your hands, your feet, all of your muscles, your, all of that physical stuff. There is your soul, which is your inner person, who you are on the inside, your emotions, your intellect. And there is your spirit, which is connected with God. Can my spirit help that guy over there have a better life? See, I can't fix that guy because he's sinful. Talk about Gary's body. But I can make this guy have a better life. By doing it Jesus' way. Does anybody here believe that except for me? 
Does anybody believe that? We can have a better, and we need to be telling that to the world. We need to be letting the world know, hey, we have the answer to your messed up life, and that answer is Jesus. And if you would give your life to Jesus, you could have eternal life right now. You could have a good life right now. Amen. See, Christians, uh, we, we've said it many times, but Christians, we, the Bible does not teach if you will get saved, you won't have any more problems. The Bible doesn't teach that. You know what the Bible does teach? If you'll give your heart to Jesus, he can help you through all of your problems. And I could testify to that, and many of you could. We've been through a lot of problems and a lot of trials and a lot of heartaches, but he's never failed us. He's never let us down. He, he's always been there. Sometimes going into it, we think, oh, this is going to be so bad. And then we come out and think, I can't believe how God got us through that. I can't believe how good God is, right? It's, it's embarrassing that we've been saved for all these years and we're still surprised how good God is. We ought to by now say, he's been good, he's going to be good, and trust him. But, but the answer is Jesus Christ. He will give us an abundant life now. And I still have to live in a sin-cursed world with sin-cursed people, and I still have a body that is still... Uh, um, leaning to the sin, but I can live this life in this cursed world with all the cursed people in the spirit, and I can have a good life here on earth. Do any of you guys believe that? Do you guys believe that? And that's what we're, that's what we're, I, I hate to use this word, it sounds so, uh, so wrong, but that's what we're selling here. That's what, we're, that's what we're marketing. We're trying to tell people, if you want to fix your life, not only get out of hell free, but if you want to fix your life, Jesus is the answer to your life. And listen, we ought to be shouting it from the housetops. Jesus is the answer. There is no other answer, guys. It's not getting together and, and figuring out how to make it. Nothing will work but Jesus. He's the only answer. He is the only way. To have a good life here on earth. God has blessed me with a good life. I think there are a lot of people who, here who would testify they've had a good life. I have not had a, a problem-free life. I have not had a life that did not have some challenges. But I have had a good life because my God is good. I think I'm looking at some people right now who, though you've had a lot of problems, God has been good. God has been faithful. Amen? So if you have your notes, you probably see the title and you think, what is wrong with that, Pastor? I want to show you guys something I have here. I have here a styrofoam cup. <clears throat> I want everybody here to pay attention to this, okay? I have a styrofoam cup. This cup means the world to me, okay? I'm going to wash it. I'm going to take very, very good care of it. I'm going to spend lots and lots of time with this cup. And I'm going to put a lot of money in this cup. And I'm just going to fix this cup up. And I'm just going to do great things with this cup. I, I love this cup. And, and I'm, I, I just think if I just keep spending enough time and putting enough money and enough effort into it, I, I just think I, I'm going to use this cup for the rest of my life. This cup is special. It's a great cup. Anybody agree with me? This is a great cup. You guys will say, Preacher, you have lost your mind. You've lost your ever-living mind. Right? You say, Preacher, what you don't understand is this cup right here was made to use and then discard it. 
most normal people, I won't name names, but most normal people don't wash these. They throw them away, okay? <laughs> and those of you who know the inside joke, we'll keep that to ourselves. But most normal people use this and throw it away. It was designed by the maker of this cup to be used and then discarded. And we call that disposable. Now we have, we have some glasses and we have some plates. And when you come to our house, uh, we, we, would, we would probably not appreciate you. You drink out of our glasses and just throw them in the trash. But if you drink out of one of these, we don't expect you to wash it and put it back on a cabinet. Because it was made to be disposable. You say, preacher, that was kind of silly. I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but do you guys realize that you were designed to be disposable. Your creator never made you live forever. He, he didn't design this life to be everything. And as silly as that illustration was, aren't there a lot of people putting a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort and they're all their focus on making this life great? It ain't going to happen. It's a disposable life. You know, again, I, I've had uh, uh, the privilege of, of being with a lot of older people in this church, um, Brother Cecil and, and, and numerous ones that lived even well into their 90s. You know what every one of them says? I remember Sister Emma. I, I remember this so very well. If you don't remember Sister Emma, she was, she was, so, she was funny and she was sweet. But, and I don't know, she was probably in her 80s. And this is a true story. Uh, we were out in fellowship hall one day, and I said, I want to let all the, uh, the elderly go first, and us younger ones will go later. And she was still sitting there. I said, Sister Emma, you're, you're, you're welcome to go free. She says, oh, no, I feel like I'm one of the young ones. <laughs> and she was, she was serious. But, you know, I've talked, to, I, I've talked to a lot of people that are really, really older. You know what they always say? It just went by so fast. It just seems like life was just 90 years, it's just gone. See, it's a disposable life. No one gets life and it's meant to last forever. No one can build a life. You know, there are people who have built, uh, you know, great uh, jobs that made huge amounts of money. There are people who have gotten great amount of fame. There are all kinds of great things. But you know what happens to every single one of them without, without exception? They die. So if you're a billionaire and you die, you're no different than I am. If everybody on the planet knows your name and nobody knows my name, when you die, you're not a bit better off than I am. If you have, you know, whatever you want to put in there, there's nothing that can make this life last because just like that cup, it was meant to be temporary. And, and everybody knows that. I'm not telling you anything you didn't know. But here's the thing, guys. Don't we spend a lot of time trying to fix this life when this life isn't fixable. You know, some of us maybe are getting older and we realize that we're, we're getting older. Some people are still young in this church. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with having dreams. There's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But, but here's the thing, guys. Life will be gone very, very fast. And only what you do for Jesus really matters. Everything else is, is really kind of inconsequential. 
And if you guys, if we get that, it really changes everything. And that's what Paul's trying to get to in the scripture. He's talking about a hope, uh, the day of redemption of our body, the day that I turn in this old body and get a brand new body, uh, the, the hope of, uh, of seeing everything that is wrong here made right, the hope of one day living in a place where everything once again is perfect, where there'll be no sin, there'll be no sickness, there'll be no wrong, everything will be perfect. I'm already part of that kingdom. And one day, can I tell you, I'm going to live there forever. Don't you want to go? Don't you want to go? And, and can you imagine the insanity of trading this life for what God has for us? And, and, and so we need to understand that, that, that we have the answer and that, that we need to be proclaiming it lo loudly uh, for, for what we have. <clears throat> so there's nothing wrong with, uh, let's, let's make this clear, there's nothing wrong with taking care of our bodies. Amen. Uh, uh, you know, we try to, me and Renee, we try to eat healthy and, and exercise is good and taking care of bodies is good. And I, because I, here's the thing, as long as I got to live here, I just assume not suffer anymore than I have to. So there's nothing wrong with taking care of bodies. But how many of you know you can eat everything good, you can exercise, you can do everything good, and guess what? You're still going to get old and you're still going to die. They've not yet come up with a cure to where you can't die, Right? It doesn't matter how good you take care of yourself, you're going to die. There's nothing wrong with taking care of this planet. I think we ought to be good stewards of this planet. We ought to take care of it. We ought to, we ought to try to be good stewards of it. God's give us this place to live. We ought to take care of it. But can I tell you, it does not matter what we do. Soon and very soon, this whole world's going to burn up. Because God said this world's going to burn up. So we can't take care of it. Oh, we've got to fix the planet. How are you going to fix the planet? It's disposable. It's disposable. Literally, God is going to wad it up and throw it away someday very soon. Amen? So we can't keep our bodies forever. We can't keep this earth forever. Uh, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. There's nothing wrong with trying to make a living and trying to put food on the table and trying to work for your family. But can I tell you, no matter how much money you have, very soon it won't really matter. Solomon said a very funny thing, but it is very, very true. Solomon, again, probably the richest man who's ever lived. This is what Solomon said, putting it in my own words. He said, I've got all this money, and I'm going to die, and who knows if I'm going to leave it to a fool. How many kids have you known that got a great inheritance from their parents, and it ruined them? You know, you, you're, 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 uh, you're young, and your mom and dad die, and, and here's $2 million. How many times does that turn out good? Most time not, right? And here's what Solomon said. I worked hard for that. He's going to blow it and it's going to ruin his life. What did that accomplish? Nothing. See, there's no fix for this life but Jesus Christ. You guys believe that? Give me an amen. Amen. He's the only answer for this life. It's the only thing that we have. And we need to be, we need to be letting it known that everything here is disposable, but we have the one thing that is not disposable. And, and we can look at, at, are we close to the end of life? Are we close to the end of time? I'm sorry. Let me just throw this in real, real quick because I thought it was totally fascinating. Uh, we, last week we had uh, Maria here with us, and I thought I really enjoyed her, her presentation on the, on the shoe boxes. But she was so she's from the Ukraine. Okay, just a real something to think about, real quick. She's from the Ukraine, Russia, Soviet Union. Her mom and dad a little hurt. She's about Josh's age. I'm assuming her mom and dad's maybe my age, a little older. They're from Russia. 
Her mom and dad move over to the United States, and now they're living here in America, but they lived in the Soviet Union. We remember the Soviet Union? Anybody here remember the Soviet Union? The, the Soviet Union was there. Before the Soviet Union fell, it was a communist country. It was a socialist country. And this is what she said. She said, my mom and dad now are living in the United States. And, and my mom and dad said, I remember when Russia went down the road that the United States is going down and where it ended up getting them. It's not a good place. But we look at all that is happening in this world. We look at all that is happening in our country. It's hard not to say the end is near. Amen? Now, literally, I believe, biblically, that the rapture could come before I finish this message. Jesus Christ could call all of his saints home, and we could all go to heaven today, right now, before we go out and eat, before we finish the service, before we do anything. Jesus could call us all the way right now, and the sinners would be left sitting here in this church, and all of us Christians could go to be with the Lord. I believe that could happen any second. And I believe all of the signs are pointing towards the end. But can I tell you, if you're sitting here, I don't care who you are, if you're sitting here, if the rapture doesn't come, you're not guaranteed this day. Every one of you could die before this day is over. So here is a really illogical thing. I have people tell me this all the time. I, I want you guys, I'm try, I know this is kind of a simple message, it's kind of a, a common sense message, but I want you guys to think about this. I have people tell me, well, I would become a Christian, but I'm having so much fun in the world. Do you realize how stupid that is? You're saying, I'm taking care of it. I'm going to really make a lot out of this. I'm going and getting drunk. I'm, having, I'm partying around. I'm, I'm having all kinds of fun in the world. I'm, I can't give all that up to be a Christian. I've got to take care of my styrofoam cup. Can I assure you it is a styrofoam cup? Everything you are doing will very soon be worthless. I don't mean to be ugly, but I do mean to be real. But Charles, when we are 20 years old and we're partying, we got all the girls and we got a young body and we're, and we're you know, we got all these girls and we're drinking and we're partying and we're the, the life of the party and everything, we kind of look cool. But how many of you know a 50-year-old doing the same thing doesn't look so cool? They look run down. They look nasty. They look, everybody thinks, I don't want nothing to do with that. They've ruined their life. And because they're taking care of their styrofoam cup. Is anybody getting the message? I don't want a Jesus because I'm having too much fun. I can't give up what I'm doing because Jesus it will take away all my fun. No, Jesus wants to get rid of what's disposable and give you something that will last forever. And you won't let go of a styrofoam cup to take Jesus who could change your life. On the other hand, I have seen people who, and in this church we've seen people, who started serving the Lord when they were kids, who have served the Lord all throughout their lives, who are now in their 50s and 60s. Life is good. If I could be so blunt, you can tell the difference in looking on the outside, can't you? You can, if someone has ruined their life or someone and has given it up to the disposal cup or someone has lived for Jesus, even the outside body looks different because we've lived it for Jesus. And so why in the world would you say, I can't quit doing all the bad things I'm doing because Jesus, he's not worth it. He takes away all my fun. 
Do you see how Satan's got in the minds of our people and got them to believe that what Satan has to offer is better than what Jesus has to offer? Can I just say to the church, we ought to be bold in saying what we have is better than what you have. Sometimes it's like this almost probably, well, I know you got to quit doing all the fun things you're doing, but after all, you don't have to go to hell when this life is over. No, we ought to be saying, you're ruining your life. That's a styrofoam cup. Quit doing that. Jesus will give you a brand new life. Is there anybody here who can say, since you gave your heart to Jesus, life is better than it was before? Is there anybody who can agree with me on that? Life is better living for Jesus than living for the devil. The devil is here to destroy you. The devil's here to destroy your life, to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus is here to give you abundant life. We need to be bold in telling people, we're not trying to give you something that's going to ruin your life. We're trying to give you something that will be the best life you could ever possibly have. Amen? Amen. So that's not logical. And, and we can pick on sinners all day long, but there's some Christians, and hopefully there's no one here, but there are Christians who say, you know, I don't want to be all in for Jesus. I don't want to surrender everything for Jesus. I'll be saved and I'll go to heaven. I'll do the least I have to, but I don't want to be all in because that would take away all my fun. I'm enjoying life too much. It's a styrofoam cup, people. It's a styrofoam cup. I don't have time for church. I don't have time for commitment. I don't have time to be all in. I got to go out and make money, build my house, have nice cars, go hunt, go fishing, go to ball games. It's a styrofoam cup. But you know, people who give their all to the Lord don't come to the end of life and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Is anybody with me? You don't lay on your deathbed and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have gave all that to the Lord. Man, I wish I wouldn't have spent all that time working in the church. You don't do that. You say, praise God, I'm going to see him in a few minutes, and I'm so glad I gave my whole life to Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I want us to think this morning about, uh, and if you're impatiently waiting for me to get to the outline, I'm just about there, your, your fill-ins. But I want you to think real quickly for me about the Titanic. If I'm correct, I believe I'm correct. I believe that sunk on 1914. But in its day... Uh, the Titanic was one of the nicest, high-class ships ever built. Uh, but I'll tell you, they brag, God himself cannot sink this ship. That's what they said, right? I wouldn't have wanted to be on a ship whenever someone said that. But anyways, no, God can't sink this ship. And it had, for that time, it had the nicest amenities known to man. The richest people were riding that boat. It, it had the nicest china, the nicest food, the nicest clothes, the nicest tablecloths, the nicest beds. Everything was the top of the line. How many of you think when that boat started to sink and go down in that icy cold water, people were thinking, oh, I'm going to go enjoy some more of this good food and sit down to this nice china. How many of you think, man, this plate is just awesome while the water's coming up over their feet? How many of you think they thought, man, I've got such a nice sheets on my bed, I can't wait to go back in and lay down in that nice bed with those nice sheets. The water's going to be up on me, but I'm going to enjoy those. You say, that's crazy. That's what I'm trying to show you. This life is going away. Why would you get so invested in this world? Because it's very soon going to go away. But if we have Jesus, what we have lasts forever. See, I have him right now. I'm going to have him until I die. And after I die, I'm still going to have Jesus. I'm not going to lose that. But everything else is going to go away. So, so we need to really focus on uh, the, the important things of life. <clears throat> 
So all of that brings us to, if we understand all that, if we agree on that, I hope you guys agree with me. I hope you guys can see that this life is futile. It is, uh, it is, is temporary. It is disposable by design. Should the church of, of Jesus Christ today, Sand Hill included, but should not all the church have a clear message? I have two clear points this morning. I, I think that this should be, you know, we could go into all kinds of theology and make this really complicated. I did this on purpose to make this very, very simple. We should have a simple message here at Sand Hill. We need to know what the gospel is. What is the gospel? <clears throat> Again, we can go into all kinds of uh, uh, technical terms, but I just want to make this real simple. I have four points for you under what is the gospel. But the gospel is a life with Jesus as Lord. You know, we talk about, have you been to the altar? Have you been saved? Have you prayed a prayer? Have you been baptized? Have you become a member of a church? Have you done this? Have you done that? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says right now, today, are you living a life with Jesus Christ as your Lord? It does not matter what you did in the past. It does not matter what you have done. Does not, people have told me, well, I know I'm going to heaven. They're living like the devil, but they know I'm going to heaven because I've been to the altar. Listen, that won't take you to heaven. It's living a life with Jesus. Jesus, Lord of your life. You say, how do I know he's Lord of your life? Well, if he followed you around for a day, would he be happy with the things you're doing? The language you're using, how you're talking to the people, the places you're going, the people you're hanging around with, the, the things you're doing, would Jesus say, yeah, I approve of that? If not, he's not the Lord of your life. So Jesus has to be the Lord of our life. That is the clear gospel. Uh, again, try to make this as simplistic as possible. <clears throat> Turning from sin... We call that repentance, but turning from sin. You can't say, I repent, and I, but I'm going to continue in my sin, because repenting is turning from your sins. So, so we have to have a life with Jesus as Lord, and we have to turn from our sins. We're still under the, what is the gospel? <clears throat> here's the thing, guys. Uh, here's the thing. If sin is the problem in life, don't we want to get rid of the problem? Is that too, is that too simple? If sin is the problem in life, we want to get rid of the problem. If your doctor tells you, if you keep doing this, you're going to die, you ought to quit doing it. But we say, sin is the problem, but I'm going to keep on sinning and hope life gets better. Does anybody understand how... How wrong that is, how, how messed up that is. So we need Jesus, uh, the, we need a life with Jesus as Lord. We need to turn from our sins and we need to understand that sin is the problem in life. And, and this last one, I, I want you to write it down big, plain and straight. Life is good now with Jesus. I know that is a very simple presentation of the gospel, but can I, can I just challenge you? If you'll make Jesus Lord of your life, if you'll put sin away out of your life, Life is good with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on, guys. Can I get an amen? Life is good with Jesus. It's the best life. Listen, you can't be my age, have all the great things I have in life without Jesus. It's because Jesus makes my life good. And without Jesus, I, I tremble to think of where my life would be if I did not have Jesus. Amen. Jesus makes life good. And do you guys see, you know, we're talking about doing outreach in the church, and we're talking about all the different things we're trying to do all over and presenting the gospel. But, but there are many different ways to present the gospel. But can I tell you, church, we need to not be ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is not just, if you don't do this, you're going to die and go to hell. We ought to be saying, your life is messed up, and Jesus can fix your life. If you'll give it to him, he can give you a new life. 
Had ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Had something to, to proudly proclaim that Jesus is the answer to this life's problems. <clears throat> and the second point that I have is relationships. So, Gary is going to die. It could be today. Could be next week. Could be a few years from now. But Gary's going to die. Okay, everybody agree with me? Gary's going to die. Along with all the rest of you guys going to die with me, okay? We're going to die. I can't take this with me. I can take care of it, but I don't get to take this with me. This is, this is not going with me. Amen? You guys with me? My body doesn't get to go. My money, what little I have, my money will not go with me. My car, my truck, my house will not go with me. Right? My career, my name tag, being a pastor, none of those things won't go with me. There's one thing I can take to heaven with me. And that is the spirit of other people. See, Renee, the world came up with, I'm assuming the world came up with this. The world misuses it a lot anyways. But the world came up with this word soulmate. So we hear soulmate. And that, that sounds real romantic and, and you know, hallmarky and all that good stuff. But, but here's the thing. I love Renee. I'm building a relationship with Renee. But my body and her body will not always be together. But her spirit and my spirit can be together forever and forever and forever and forever. My kids, my, my, uh, the, my spouses of my kids, their bodies will not always be with us. But I can take them forever to be with where I am going. My grandkids... As hard as it is to say, they won't, always have a, they won't always be alive. But I can take them where I can be with them forever. Are you guys following this? I'm trying to show you. What should we be focused on? What should we be focused on? The things that last forever. And so often we're, we're, we're focused on the things that don't last. It's temporary. We can't hold on. There's some things you can't hold on to, but those are the things we focus the hardest on. We ought to be focusing on. The, the things that last forever. But Charles, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, buddy. I, 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 tr I trust it won't, but I'm going to use you for an illustration this morning, okay? okay. Is that all right, buddy? Yeah. I've known Brother Charles since I was a little boy, okay? And, and Nate Hardy, Brother Darren's not here this morning. I don't know if there's anybody here that, that is with me on this, maybe Renee. But when, when I was a little boy, Brother Charles was our youth leader. Now, I was probably a teenager, and he was probably in his 30s, and he was like the man of steel, right? And, and us boys, we got out there playing basketball, playing football, whatever, you know, and he was three times bigger than all of us and, and better at everything than all of us. And, and we all looked at him, and he would just, you know, it was Charles, you know, he's this huge mountain of a man, right? But I've been with Charles through a lot of really bad things. You remember, Charles? Some really, really bad things. Now, I want you to understand, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about this. What's inside of him? And I've built a relationship with what's on. You guys can't see it. It's inside of him. And see, now that man of steel is getting older. He could probably still whoop all of us, but he's, he's getting older, right? He's not what he was when he was 30. Here's my point. He can't keep this forever. He can't. He can't. How many of you know? How many of you older ones know you can't be 30 forever? Right? I mean, it was great when we were there, but it goes away. 
And, and, you know, all the things we think. You know, when you're young, you just think, man, I got the world by the horns. You know, I'm, I, I can do anything. But all of us get older. And so Brother Charles is, is older now, and he can't do everything that he used to could do. But I'm not building a relationship with his flesh. I'm building a relationship with his spirit. And I'm going to spend eternity with Brother Charles forever and ever and ever. Real soon, Brother Charles, we're both going to be 30 years old. Yep. Amen. Yep. Brand new, bodies. Brand new bodies. Man, we'll play basketball again. We'll do it. We'll be young again. No aches, no pains, no old bodies. We'll be brand new all over again. Amen. Anybody looking forward to that day? See, what I'm trying to say is we're here together as a church family. Yes, Jesus Christ is the answer to this church. Make it plain, bold, and straight. Jesus is the answer to life. But can I also tell you, everything else we waste our time on really doesn't matter, but our relationship with one another does matter. I don't know how it's going to be when I get to heaven. I, I, you know, people always want to ask that question. I, I believe it's going to be a real place, a real city, a real, real beings. I believe we'll have brand new bodies. But I believe I will know Renee over there. Now, I know she won't be my wife. But how many of you believe that building a relationship here is a real good start to eternity? When Brother Charles gets there, I, I believe I'm going to know you. I'll come over to your house, buddy. We'll hang out. All right? Forever. And, and that goes for Joyce and Jenny and, and Terry and, and Miguel and Steve and everybody. It goes for all of you guys. I'm going to spend eternity with you guys. Let's say the most important things we can have is our relationship with either, each other. And is that not what the Bible teaches us? Love Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And that takes care of all of the Bible. You see that? If, we're, if we just build a relationship, see, Brother Charles, there's nothing I can do to make you young. I can't keep you young forever, but I can be so close to you that very soon when we're on the other side, we just keep on doing what we're doing right now. Amen. Amen? And that goes for everybody here. Listen, we don't ever have to, what do we say when a dear loved one passes? We're just saying goodbye for a little while. We'll be back together again. Isn't that a great thing? We've had a lot of deaths in this church, and we will have more deaths in this church. But if we're saved, it's just a real temporary saying goodbye till we're together again. So we have the answer, people. We ought to proudly proclaim it. The gospel of Jesus Christ, life is good with Jesus, and each other is what really matters. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.